Good job. Thank you. I really should have taken guitar, you know? I just, uh, especially since the piano teacher quit on me. That have been good, but man, I love being here with all of you. What a, ah, just sitting out there worshiping and going, I, I am so grateful. I'm so thankful for this, um, this church family we got here. And uh, you know what's nice? It was nice to have somebody tell me this morning that they, they missed me having me up here. You know, that is so much better than, oh, you're preaching again? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, well, here we are. Unreal, isn't it? August 19, and here we are, ready to launch another season of ministry. But you know, I thought about that word launch a little bit. This week, I, I think really it's not maybe not quite the right word because we haven't been we haven't stopped doing any ministry all summer. I mean, look at what if you were here last Sunday, you heard of all that's been going on <laughs> this summer, and not only you know in this building and and in our city and all over the world, really in our country, it's it's pretty great. So really, honestly, truth is we've been on the move all, all summer. And, uh, but it's also true that there are seasons in the life of a church just like there are seasons of the year and seasons in our, in our personal lives. And, and, and we might say that a church has two seasons of ministry. There's, there's uh, the summer season, that's one season, and everything that comes with that. And then, and then there's the season we're about to get, go into that wraps together fall, winter, and, and spring. And there, you know, there's, there's a lot about both that we really love, just like there's a lot about both seasons that we love in, in our own personal lives. I, mean, I just think back, you know, how much I loved summer as a kid. And I love hearing all your plans for the summer. And, and uh, you know, growing up in Minnesota, the cool thing that we had going back then, I don't know if it's still true or not, but school had to be out by Memorial Day, and it couldn't start until after Labor Day, all right? Three months of summer. And the, the, only, the only thing about it, growing up on a farm, our dads had plans for maxing it out. So my summer was basically two things, the lake, any time we could spend at the lake, and then all the time we, we spent on, on the farm. And I, you know, it just hit me a few minutes ago, and somebody was telling me that, that they had done a trip out east with their family, and uh, this, just got back from their trip. And, and it, man, life changes, because when I was a kid growing up, the only time I got out of the state of Minnesota was, I think I was about a fourth grader, and we went to my brother's wedding in Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. I think that was my first time out of the state of Minnesota. And then my second time was like two years later, three years later, when we went to a, a brother's wedding in Kentucky. So you had to have somebody get married before you'd leave the state when you were, you were a kid. You know? But you know, there's something uh, good about getting back into the routine. Uh, that, that comes with fall, winter, and spring, and I think it's true in our personal lives, and it's, it's true in, a, in the life of a church. And so here we are, the beginning of the season of ministry and all the opportunities God gives to us in it. What I'd like to do today, what I'd like to do is convince every one of us, myself included, that it'll make all the difference in our, in our personal lives and really in the, in the life of our church if, if you and I have a plan, a ready set plan for, for maxing it out, okay? Maxing it out. And so what we're going to talk about this morning is, is really quite significant. And 
We're talking about this potential for all of us to, to have this, this huge impact in our lives personally and, and for us as a church together to do the same. Now, one of the joys that I've had being a pastor this long, you know, 30 plus years in this church is knowing, knowing a number of you for quite a while and being able to see the, the spiritual growth that's taken place in your life over this period of time and, and, and to see how much you've come into that relationship with God where you're just saying, man, it's just it's incredible to have this kind of a, of a relationship with God. On the flip side, I've also had multiple conversations with Christians who aren't experienced the, the, the relationship with God that they want. And so really I've seen two sides of this in people's lives. I, that I've seen those with very, very fulfilling relationship with God. And I've seen others who, who would say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm discontent. I'm not, I'm not happy where I'm at. And, and so I just want to say this. If you're the latter of the two, if... You're finding dissatisfaction and discouragement in your relationship with God. I want to give you hope this morning because, you see, I think what I'm going to say this morning can really encourage you and be very helpful because I've observed something over the years. And I've seen it over and over and over again. When I see someone who's truly experiencing the joy and fulfillment, the satisfaction that can come in a relationship with God... They're putting, and again, I see this over and over, they're putting into action what we're going to talk about this morning. So what I'm asking you to do is to approach what I'm about to say here with a sense of hope. And, and even now, as, as, even as I'm talking, just kind of silent prayer up to God. Ask God to give you the, the courage and the conviction to follow through on what we're, gonna, what we're about to talk through together. All right, and, and, if, and if you're at that point where you say, Steve, man, it's going great in my relationship with God, I would say, look at the things I'm talking about this morning and just, you know, do what Paul said in Romans that, where he said, never be lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in zeal. Just go at it, you know, all the way with even more passion. So here, with this in mind, here's, here's a challenge for all of us that I'd like to have here today. Go into this season of ministry with a plan for maxing it out. And I'm, I'm hoping all of us will leave this place today determined to make the most out of the next nine months. The next nine months. And, and, and to help you get started, what I'm going to give you today is a three-step plan. All right? Number one, be intentional in how you participate. Number two, find your place to serve. And number three, reach out to spiritually lost people. So let's look at the first one. Be intentional in how you participate. I think you all agree that whatever you participate in, it makes all the difference if you do it with intentionality. If you, you do it not as, a, not as a passive recipient, but as an active part participant, right? It's really it's doing whatever, I mean, we just had the Olympics, and it's, it's doing what every one of the Olympic athletes do to win a medal. They're, they're not passive about it. They're 100% they're committed to doing everything they need to do to be their best. And that's what I'm asking us to do this morning, to do, to do what we need to do to be our absolute best in our, in our walk with God. And there's, there's two main things that I'd like to suggest you to do this morning with intentionality. The first one is prayer. And the second one... It's preparation, all right? So let, let's look at this thing of prayer. First of all, prayer 
for what happens in this room every Sunday and prayer for every staff and volunteer who help make it happen. Eh? Now, I'll just speak for myself personally how much I need your prayer. Every time as I sit down and I begin to work on a, on a sermon, I'm looking at a blank computer screen. And yeah, I'm 61 years old and I've been doing this for 36 years, but I got to tell you, it's fresh every week for me. I look at that screen and, and I, I, I go through this process where I say, how's this going to happen again? How, how am I going to write out a whole sermon? You just start with nothing and, and you got God's word. And of course, you've done all your study and all of that, but then you sit down and you start writing and, and, and there's just always a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the word, Jeff? Apprehension, fear. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and then you have those moments where it just all comes together and, and every time that happens to me, I can hardly stay in my seat. I just like, I got to go up and talk to people for a while, you know, to just kind of calm down because I realize, hey, we got something here, you know, and, but it all comes down to prayer. Uh, I'll just tell you, here, here's an example. I, got a, I woke up this morning, got a text from a really good friend, guy here in the church, and he woke up at one, I could tell the time of the text, it was 1.38 in the morning. And he said, Steve, I'm, I woke up thinking about you in the sermon today, and I'm praying for you. Now, that's what we're talking about. And I'm, I'm saying pray for all the staff and all the volunteers. And then pray for all of us. I, I have this prayer that I pray multiple times during the week. I pray for all of us, myself included, that we'll come to this place on Sunday morning and we'll come ready to worship God. I mean, we'll just come geared up to go. We'll, we'll come ready to, to hear what God has to say to us in his word and we'll come with this kind of attitude. What God says in his word, I want, I want to obey it. I want to walk out of this place and say, yeah, God, I'm ready to do what you've said for us to do. Now, we got to pray about that. You got to pray for yourself. You got to pray for every single, you know, all of us. Pray for our whole church body. And, and, and not only pray for what happens in this room, pray for what happens from one end of this building to another. Pray for our staff leading all the ministries. Pray for every volunteer, every teacher who's involved in teaching your children. And you know what, parents? Pray with your children for their teacher. Man, you just will model something so important. Take the, even, even little kids, don't, don't underestimate how much a child can understand at a very, very, very young age, you know? Pray for our middle school ministry on Sunday morning. Uh, pray for our students and for each staff member and volunteer. And, and, and do the same for every one of our ministries throughout the week, you know? <laughs> Monday through Saturday, yeah? Pray for that. Pray for that. Pray for the staff. Pray for the volunteers. You know what? We all do that. I'll guarantee you. You and I just all commit ourselves to prayer, prayer for all of this stuff every single week. I can guarantee you that God's going to show up this year like God's shown up for the last, you know, the last 30 years. And, you know, and the more we pray, the more the power of God can work. I bet you some of you are thinking it's raining right now, right? It's not. Okay, along with prayer, prepare yourself to hear God's word, all right? 
I think one of, the, one of the most valuable things you can do to prepare yourself to hear God's word on Sunday morning or at some point during the week if you're part of a class or, or whatever is for you yourself to be in getting into God's word and studying it on a consistent daily basis. I mean, the, the way I like to think of this is how in the world, you know, you and I would never consider eating one meal a week, right? You know, if we only ate one meal a week, man, we could hardly be, we'd hardly be in shape to eat that meal. We'd be, we, you know, we'd be, in, we'd, be, we'd be in trouble, okay? So uh, we're going we're gonna to change up a few things to kind of help you out with this. Um, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've spent the last uh, several weeks doing sermon planning, so I know what we're going to be preaching. Uh, September 9, I start a sermon series, a 13-week series on the Sermon on the Mount, and, and, and I actually know what we're going to be preaching all the way through, through Easter next year, which is really great because I can start planning ahead head with all that. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to put in your bulletin, starting for that series on September 9th, we're going to put the scripture passage that we're going to be preaching from in the title of the sermon. So what I'd say is start reading that now, you know, uh, I mean, each week. Read ahead. Read what, what we're going to preach from. The other thing we're going to do is, and, and I'm, 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 I'm pumped about this, it's more work, but I think it's really going to be worth it. We're going to create a, a very simple devotional study for you that you're going to be able to uh, either pick up here or go on the website and you can find it. And let me, let me look to, where does it say? Uh, well, you'll find it. It's on our website, okay? Uh, what you do is go to, go to sermons and, and, and those questions will be there and we'll also hand them out for you as you go out Sunday morning. What we're going to have is one question for each day of the week. Just one simple question. To, to read a passage and then, and then answer that question. It'll help you get ready for what we're talking about here on Sunday morning. The other thing many of you don't, may, maybe don't know that I do, but I have been writing a set of questions for our life groups who are doing sermon-based studies. So that after they hear the sermon on Sunday morning and the life group then meets during the week, they can, they, they can get these questions online, uh, go to the homepage and push uh, life groups and then you'll see there's another place to go where you can actually get that set of questions. And, and, and what I do, I would say that even if you're not in a life group, you can do that, though I'd say get in a life group, but you could do that and, 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 and it'll help the sermon stick that much better. Once, once you've heard it, okay? And, and I would say do the same for whatever ministry you're involved in where there's teaching that, that takes place. Be an active learner in what's being taught by preparing and not simply listening. Are there any teachers in the audience would, who would say amen to that? Huh? Come on, teachers. All right, good. All right, this one. Okay, okay. Now, and, and you know what else I would say? What's true for us as adults is equally true for our children. And so parents, what I would say you should do is, man, know what your kids are learning each Sunday. Know what your kids are learning during the week in Awana. You know, I mean, memorize the same verses they're memorizing. Talk over with your kids what they learned Sunday morning. Don't, don't, don't be uninvolved with that. Get involved with, with what they're doing. And I'd say that even goes up into middle school and high school. A little bit more of a challenge but worth it, okay? Worth the effort. Okay, let's watch this video. See someone who was very intentional in coming to Brookside, and let's see the difference it made in, in her life, okay? 
Well, I didn't grow up in a spiritual family. Um, I didn't have any kind of background other than the oblig obligatory, um, you know, Christmas, Easter, going to church. It was always really uncomfortable and it wasn't relevant and I didn't feel like I belong there. It was just some guy up there telling stories. So I have a close friend that comes to Brookside and I always felt like there was something missing in my life. I was always searching and I tried to fill the void um, through a lot of different things. And um, I was wanting to broaden my social circle and I knew that if there was more people like her at this church, then they were the kind of people that I wanted to meet. So I asked her if I could join her family one Sunday. And for the first time that Sunday, I was excited to be there. It was comfortable. It was relevant. I was, it was kind of an eye-opening experience. I left thinking, oh my gosh, this is what church is supposed to be like. I had no idea. So I kept coming back. And every week I was learning more getting more and more comfortable with being there, and I wanted more. So I joined a life group. I, I saw the life group connection um, on the screen, and you guys talked about it a little bit. And it, again, it kind of started out as a, a social thing. I wanted to meet more people that were also on the same journey as I am. And the more I got to know, the more I got to learn, the more our relationships built. Um, I started to build that relationship with God also and I was able to look back at my life and just see all of the times he was trying so hard to get my attention and I just wasn't getting it, wasn't getting it and he finally got my attention I guess. <laughs> I think the main thing that I've learned from my experience so far is that it's so easy to have a relationship with God. Um, he's there. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. And I'm learning how to do that. That's something I never knew or even knew I wanted before. And the relationships that I've gained from it also just with other believers. And it's just been priceless. Amanda's in a women's life group with my wife, with Becky, and Becky's told me so many times how intentional Amanda is in doing what she needs to do to grow in her relationship with God. And that's, that's really fun, fun to hear. The, the second one is this, step two, is to find your place to serve. And one of the things uh, you know, I, that I love about Brookside is how much this is a serving church. And so, first of all, I want to I want to thank each one of you who served so faithfully. You know, one of the, one of the things that's good for me, the Sundays that I don't preach or uh, Wednesday evenings I, I hang around this place is to be able to, to go around and see what's actually happening, people serving, you know, and, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a blast. You know, Sunday morning to be able to go into the Jansen Kingdom. You, you all know where that is, right? It's, it's a nursery and preschool area in the lower level. It's the place where you got to have one of these on your wrist. Somebody's wondering, man, is Steve wearing like uh, he's something new today? Uh, but that's, you know, in order to get back uh, because of security and all that. Some people would say like Beth and John Jansen that that's the most important place in this building, 
you know? And you can understand why when you see those, those faces, right? I mean, man, cute. I love that hair on that one little guy up there. Um, yeah, 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 okay? All right, so I, lo I love seeing what's going on in all those classrooms, adults loving your kids, you know, and teaching them God's word. And same thing is true in the upper level for our grade school kids. The same thing is true when I hang around here on a Wednesday evening and see adults with, you know, with kids with a water. I see adults uh, with our middle school students or our, our, our high school students. I mean, I just, you know, every time I, I, I go and see all that, I come away going, God, you're just so good. This is such a great deal. Uh, and I, I see that kind of attitude in all of our ministries. I got to tell you what someone said to me last Sunday. He was at the leadership summit, and this guy comes walking out of the men's bathroom, and he said, I've been to the summit four years, and I have yet to see a dirty bathroom. Yeah. Oh, that, that's cool. That, that's what we want to do. I mean, that brings honor to God and is serving people. And so, you know, kudos to the, to the host ministry and to our facility staff who keep the building the way it is. One of the most powerful statements that Jesus made about serving is what he said in response to his disciples when they were jockeying for positions of greatness in, in his eternal kingdom. And Ma Matthew wrote it down for us in the 20th chapter of his gospel. And um, uh, James and John set the whole thing off by naively, really, and selfishly making this request of Jesus that they could have the, the highest places in his kingdom. I mean, it was so naive that they did that, you know, thinking to themselves that if they somehow ask the question, they get it. And, and, it, and it, it just ticked off the other disciples, you know. And I think it ticked them off because they, they wanted to get there first, you know, to ask the question. And so here's what Jesus said in response to them in verse uh, uh, 25. It says, Jesus, uh, Matthew writes, Jesus called them together. And he said, he said you, know how, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. He said, he said what you're asking from me, that's the way people in the world think. But he, he said, and then he goes on, he said, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever must, uh, wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, what, what this says to us is that serving is of major importance to God. We know this because God himself did this. God the Father served us in sending his son to this earth to be our savior. Jesus Christ served us by, first of all, even coming to this earth and, and taking on himself humanity, our, our human flesh. And, and then he served us by going to the cross and die for us. And, and, and we know that it's major importance to God because Jesus said, those who serve are going to be great in the kingdom of God. Yeah, so there's no question about it. Now, the really good thing about, about this, if you're here today and you're not serving, there's always a place for you to serve. And here's how you can find it, okay? After this service today at 12 o'clock, Jeff mentioned this, we got this thing called Starting Port. We can find out all about our church and how to get more connected. And, and part of that is to find out, you know, how do I find out where to serve? The other thing you could do is go to our website. And really, it's so important to keep going to our website for things. 
Go to the home page and the serve button. All you have to do is push that little button and guess what? Right there in front of you, you've got all the different opportunities where you can serve it and who to call, who to connect to, to, to serve in that place. So how about this? How about each one of us putting this verse front and center for this season of ministry? It points to the example that Jesus said. I, I love this statement from, from Hebrews chapter 12 where the writer said, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning at shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love that phrase, who for the joy set before him. He served. He served. Let's watch this video and see an example of what serving can do for you in your relationship with God, right? Before Brookside, I was a Christ believer. I never really had a, a place I felt like I could explore my relationship with Jesus. Never felt like I belonged. And I was just, was just not in a comfortable place where I felt like I wanted to be with my life. I was invited to Brookside from my boss, Aaron Shaw, to go to the Global Leadership Summit last year I just to volunteer for a couple of days and I, I, I just met a lot of people there that I enjoyed spending time with and, and talking about Jesus and just being at the church was just a, a place where I just felt like I was comfortable being. The people I met, the, just the time that I spent there was just exciting for me. I had a, a long talk with Tim Weeby got me hooked up with a men's group, and I just, I just felt like I belonged. My relationship with God has just grown in a way that it's just, just excited me just to, to keep going back to Brookside every every week. You know, be, between the times that we've been serving at, at Brookside, I've volunteered at several of the carnival and and just the giving of time and donating bicycles and just just being with the family donating stuff and volunteering it just it feels good to me it feels good in my heart i just kind of feel like that's god's calling for me it's just that you know i have that available to me as my time and and I, it just it feels good to me to, to donate that we're going to go to the dominican republic and uh help the shawls build a house uh, in, in late September, and I'm a first mission trip for me. Very excited about it. Just spending the time with the guys and, and learning about how Christ works in me through you know some prayer walks and and just spending time in a place that has very little and just uh, growing with Christ and the and the guys and seeing where that takes me. Wow! Wow! Isn't that good? Love that. That is so real. Um, step three, maxing out the season in your life, and it's this, reach out to spiritually lost people. One of the primary reasons we exist as a church, it's so important to keep this in front of ourselves all the time, it's part of the driving force behind everything that we do, and it's, it's going to be that way as long as there's a heaven and as long as there's a hell. And we know that's 
forever, okay? And it's this. It's for us to reach spiritually lost people and to lead them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. The key verse for us in this is what Paul wrote in his second letter to the, to the Corinthians in chapter 5. He, he said this, therefore, if, it, if anyone is in Christ, that is, if, if anyone has trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior, they, he said they're a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And he said, all this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And then I love this, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What Paul's saying is, God's given us the privilege to, to, to bring to others what, what was once brought to us. And, and to help others come into a relationship with God. I don't know if, some, if you remember, but I think it was last year yeah it was last year early last year that our optometrist uh, Beck and my optometrist God gave me the opportunity I've been praying for him and uh, he'd been our optometrist for several years and asking God to give me the opportunity to share Christ with him and God did give, gave open up that door to do that and we had lunch at Panera out at 180th and West Center and and at the end of that time, he made the decision to trust in Jesus Christ as his Savior. And so we've been getting together. Man, he, the guy's growing. I, one of the things I, first things I gave him was a book by Wayne Cordero on how to study the Bible. And he's been doing it. And, and, and so we've been tracking along. And it's, I mean, it's just so much fun to walk into his office and already see the impact there. And, and, but just uh, recently, we, we, Friday, we had lunch together. And, and we've been talking about, there's a friend that Matt has that, he, that he's very concerned about to, to, that he would come to know Christ. And, and, uh, and so Matt, Matt, we've been looking at the opportunity that maybe the two of us could get together and talk with this guy. But that hasn't worked out. So Matt said, how about if you uh, s send me, you know, some, something like what you did when you talked to me. He said, if you could send me that. So I said, sure, I can do that. So I, I actually... What I did was I sent him a sermon that I did. I don't know if some of you remember, but it was titled E37 from Ephesians 3.7 and how to share your faith where I really did a sermon, how to, how to present the gospel to somebody. So guess what he did? He, he sent it on to his friend. That wasn't quite my plan. But, but the, that, 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 and, 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 and the cool thing about it is that this guy read it and talked to his wife about it. And so I'm just waiting to see how all that turns out. But I... I love what Matt said to me on Friday. He said, you know, I was saying, Matt, I, I said, Matt, I'm so proud of you for doing this. He said, Steve, why wouldn't I do that? And then, did anybody see the movie uh, Pay It Forward? Is that me saying that? Pay It Forward? They did first service. Uh, uh, and that's what Matt said. He said, it only makes sense for me to pay it forward. He said, you, you shared the gospel with me. I should turn around and pay it forward and share the gospel with other people. Man, that's it. He gets it. You know? Um, how important this is to God that we do this is repeated throughout the Bible. And Jesus emphasized it more than anybody else. And, and, and one of the times he emphasized it is found in the ninth chapter of Luke's gospel. And, 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 and the, the setting for this some people were walking alongside Jesus Christ one day and they were trying to figure out this whole thing of what it means to follow him as a disciple. And so they, they were like having this dialogue. And so Jesus begins to explain to them what it looks like to follow him. 
And, and what he said to them, honestly, was pretty shocking. Look, look at this. Uh, chapter 9, verse 57, uh, uh, Luke writes, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the, of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That's the first one, first impact. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So that's the second impact. Third one, still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the for the kingdom of God. Now, what Jesus does here is he points to three ways that following him uh, will change our life forever. Impacts us. And the second of these two is the priority that you and I give to reaching spiritually lost people where we get this mindset that we believe that it is absolutely urgent that there's no time to waste. Look at this again. Verse 59 um, Jesus looks at this guy and he says, follow me. And the man replies, well, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, I mean, this is kind of like, whoa, he really said this? Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. I mean, doesn't that sound like, well, that was kind of callous. That's a little insensitive. I mean, saying to this guy, no, don't go bury your dad. Go proclaim the kingdom of God. You, you, you know what Jesus was doing here? It was like he was overstating something to make a point. Okay? Saying there's nothing, nothing, nothing more important than telling people their need of me as their savior because there's an eternal heaven and there's an eternal hell. I mean, it was just deep inside of Jesus Christ, this whole thing. I, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, just think about it. We got people all around us every day who are just rolling the dice of their life, you know? Not knowing when their number is up. They could die the next day. I mean, how urgent is it to lead them into a life-saving relationship with Jesus Christ? How urgent is it for you and I, you know, to have a, a conversation with your classmate or your neighbor or, or a fellow worker or, an, or, or a relative or a friend? I mean, how urgent is it, Jesus says? It's, it's incredibly urgent. I don't know, I find it very convicting. Um, some of you um, uh, might remember that I, I, I work out at Lifetime Fitness. I mean, look at that. Um, and, and, but, and it, really, I take my shirt off, you'd be impressed. No, but, <laughs> but, but I do, okay? And, 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 but what I learned last year is that you work out a whole lot harder, a whole lot better if you work out with somebody else. And so I, I've started working out with a guy by the name of Kyle Cheatham, goes to, goes to Brookside. And uh, it's been, we have fun, we have a blast. Um, and, but let me tell you something, what happened a few months ago. So we're at the bench press, all right? I have finally got 300 pounds on ready to push up, you know? No, okay, but anyway, you doubt me, you doubt me. Okay, so, so anyway, 
Then there's, you know, Kyle looks over, you know, and, and there's this guy in the next bench who's all by himself. So if you know Kyle, Kyle's just a, a really nice guy. So Kyle says, hey, can I help you spot? And so he helps this guy spot. And that was cool. I was all right. That was fine. And then next week, the guy shows up again. All right? And now he knows Kyle's going to help him. So he looks over at Kyle. You could just see this happening. And Kyle, you know, is already thinking about it. So Kyle goes over and helps him again spot. It happened a third time. Third time I'm saying to myself, okay, we got an hour, 15 minutes here, Kyle. I'm having this conversation. We don't have time for this. You know, we got to get it. We got to get our workout in. And so, you know, I'm like, and, and, and then guy shows up again, happens again. And what does Kyle do? Yep, there he is. He's spotting for the guy. I'm, I'm, I'm going, oh, oh this is going to be bad. Um, he's going to keep doing it. I can just see this thing evolve. So anyway, then that same day, all right, we, I, we, Kyle and I do our, you know, the bench press thing, and then we go and do some other exercises. Then Kyle leaves, and, and I do a little bit more. And then I, I go down to take a shower, and, and I decide, you know what? I'm going to go in the steam room today, all right? And I walk into the steam room, and it's just, I mean, it's one of those times when the steam is really going, and you can't see anybody. And so I make, you know, I'm finding my way out. I, I sit down. Okay, thick with steam, and I look over, and guess who's sitting next to me? That guy. All right? Now, if you've ever been in a men's steam room, men do not talk to each other in steam rooms. <laughs> All right? They just don't. But, but he asked me, he said, he said to me, he said, how is it that you and this other guy started working out together? I think he was trying to figure it out. You know, I'm 61, Kyle's like 33. I'm me, Kyle's huge, muscles, you know, big guy. So I think, I think that was the reason for his question. And, and so I, I said, I didn't realize God was getting me already. It's like God, God was like, ha-ha, you know. Because you know what I, I said? Well, I said, you know what, Kyle and I go to the same church. And I'm the pastor of that church. And he says to me, you know what, really, I haven't gone to church since I was a kid and Man, I've been going through some hard stuff in my life, and I've been kind of thinking about checking it out. It was like, for me, it was like one of those aha moments, right? We all deal with them, don't we? Man, we get, we get so going with life. We get so busy. We got so much stuff going that it's so easy to walk past the neighbor time after time or, or, or to spend years working with the same person and never talk to them about what's more important than anything else, and that's them having a relationship with God in eternal life. And so here's, here's the thing I want to I encourage you to do because it gives you so much joy when you do it. Invest yourself. I mean, really invest yourself in the life of somebody who does not have a relationship with God. Become a genuine friend with that person and pray for them and, and ask God to give you an open door to be able to share Jesus Christ with them and then just step out and do it. Man, it'll be worth it. It's scary, but it's worth it. It's, it's just so worth it. So when we truly love people the way God loves us, People's lives are changed forever. So let's just watch this video. I want, I want you to see a live example of this, all right? 
My spiritual life before coming to Brookside, I would say was distant and um, full of fear. Um, I felt a lot of judgment. Um, I felt um, I had walked away from the Lord. I went to youth group um, growing up and had my first son at barely 16 and just had the situation within the church um, feel very, I felt very judged and very, um, it was just a very negative vibe from not necessarily the people or the congregation. We had a lot of support, but um, overall, just some, a situation that um, just left me doubting the church. Um, through that situation, um, I just I have a really hard time reconnecting with um, with churches. We've, we're military, and we've we've moved around several times and. Um, moving here, I had one person I knew from the previous place we were at, and um, we joined um, Brookside Mops together. In our Mops group, it's just it was it was about the relationships. Um, so we were growing in the relationships and just feeling I don't know how to describe it other than they were non they weren't judgmental. It was just very comfortable. It was. Um, a group of moms wanting to better ourselves, um, not compare ourselves to each other. Being filled up um, and being strengthened in those relationships enabled me to take that next step um, and seek, seek God. God has always been there through my journey, but I didn't have that personal relationship with Him. Um, that when I asked him to break down my walls and of my heart and and grow me he was able to kind of open my eyes and see that he was getting me to this point all along he's always been patient and loving and he was using all of those experiences that I had put those walls up against <laughs> um, to build me back up to that point and to to give me those relationships because I wouldn't have been comfortable just walking into a church and saying, okay, I, I'm ready, you know. I wouldn't have been ready to do that. Um, so he helped me by, by building those relationships up and, and giving me that strength and that um, love. And I just feel like all the relationships that I've built are such a great example of his love. I mean, it's these people are are doing, are, are showing God's love, and then through that, um, basically, it's been a healing process for me, um, and through that healing, a growing process for me. Well, I love how Amy shared her heart there, and it's true, you know. You know what's fun? What's fun is to see what we're capable of doing as human beings, you know. I mean, God did a pretty good job in creating us. And I love watching this whole thing of the, the curiosity, you know, the Mars rover sent out into space. And uh, that thing is the size of a car. I don't know if you knew that or not, but 2,000 pounds. And it, it flew 352 million miles, an eight and a half month journey to Mars. And, and I love, you know, this time they didn't lower the, 
with a parachute, which they've done in the past, and instead it had its own, uh, you know, self-propelled little rockets, sky crane, lowering this thing two miles an hour gently to the surface of Mars and Atlanta. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, and I think it's really quite important that we're doing that kind of stuff. But you know what? It's, it's almost nothing important to what we're all about as a church, you know? And that is the transformation of human lives, reaching out to people and helping them grow in their relationship with Christ. And, 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 and we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We have God in us. We have, we have God to give us the strength and God to guide us and God to work through us into the lives of other people. So really, really honestly, if you think about it, there is just really no limit to what God can do through us and in us in the next nine months, all right? Jeff's going to come up and lead us in a really important time right now, and you're going to be able to all, you're all going to be able to see some really good-looking people in a minute, right, All right, Jeff? yeah. yeah. <clears throat> With that, if our staff would come on up, that'd be great. We wanted to end our service today uh, just by going to the Lord, and as Steve said, uh, God can do amazing things, and we really long for him to do amazing things this semester and this season of ministry, and so our staff's going to come forward, and then we're just going to pray together as a church, and uh, we want to go before the Lord today and just to ask God to do really what only he can do, and so as they come forward, um, would, you, would you stand now too, and would you pray with all of us, and let's just petition God uh, to do some amazing things uh, this, this season of ministry, so yeah, let's do this, let's pray together. Lord, we come to you now, and Lord, I think of those three things that Steve just said to us. Be intentional about how you participate, find your place to serve, and reach out to spiritually lost people. Lord, I pray that we would take those three things to heart this morning. And Lord, now as we think about the things that you've done in the hearts of people right here in our midst, Lord, we're we're asking for more of that. Um, Lord, we think of friends, we think of neighbors, we think of coworkers, we think of our families, Lord. And Lord, we are petitioning you now as a church that you would lead and bless and really guide this upcoming season of ministry. Lord, we want to see happen in our midst what only you can do. And so we, we petition you with confidence because you are the kind of God that you extend your mercy and you extend your grace. And we thank you, Lord, for the message of the cross and we pray that so many people this coming season of ministry, uh, would, that that message would take root in their hearts. And so, Lord, we commit this season to you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.